This week's TribCast is sponsored by Texas State Technical College has Texas covered. With 10 campuses across the state, students can learn the skills necessary to start a great new career. Learn more at tstc.edu. And Texas Cattle Feeders Association. There's nothing like the real thing. Texas Cattle Feeders Association members raise high-quality, nutritious, and tasty beef for their families and yours. Real families, real beef. Learn more at tcfa.org or search TX Cattle Feeders on social media. Hello and welcome to the Texas Tribune Tribcast for March 20th, 2023. We're coming a couple days late after a spring break week last week. My name is Matthew Watkins, Managing Editor of News and Politics for the Tribune. And this week I'm joined by James Bettergon, our politics reporter. Hey, James. Hey, Matthew. So we are going to talk about... Ken Paxton, a, a frequent topic of conversation on the TribCast. <laughs> we are coming up on 30 months since his top deputies accused him of bribery and resigned in mass um, in late 2020, uh, sparking, you know, quite a few different things, an, an FBI investigation um, and eventually a whistleblower's lawsuit after they were kind of terminated from their jobs. That whistleblower's lawsuit seemed to be nearing a resolution earlier this year um, that involved a significant payout to the uh, fired staffers. But the Texas legislature has seemed to indicate that they might not be too happy to pay such a payout. And James, we're going to talk about this today. Let's start before we get into the legislative fight over this. Let's just talk a little bit about where we are with this whistleblower lawsuit right now, what we know about the settlement, what needs to happen in order to make that happen. Okay, so Can you tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so what we know about the settlement is that it includes the big one is a $3.3 million uh, payout to four of the um, fired staffers who filed the whistleblowers lawsuit. That's really the big one. And that I think is the um, main point that people have taken issue with. But it also gives all kinds of other concessions to the former staffers, including an apology uh, from Ken Paxton for calling them rogue employees in his press releases after their allegations were made public. Um, it also gives, uh, you know, certain credits to some of the fired staffers so that their um, retirement benefits can continue as they would have had they not been fired. Um, the, uh, the previously mentioned press release uh, would get deleted by the attorney general's office. So it's all sorts of concessions that Paxton would be giving to these whistleblowers. But again, the main thing is this $3.3 million settlement that you know, people have not taken to very kindly. And that's both people in the public sphere, but also lawmakers who have to approve the settlement for it to actually go through. So basically the idea here is a, a settlement reaching this number needs kind of legislative approval in order to happen. And the lawmakers aren't particularly happy about the idea of doing this. So let's, I want to take it just a little bit of a step back even more so before we get into that legislative debate, just to kind of catch up our uh, listeners on, on this issue. Um, the accusations made by these whistleblowers were what? The accusations, as you pointed out, were of bribery and of corruptions. 
uh, of corruption. Basically, the allegation is that Ken Paxton became illegally involved in the affairs of his friend and donor, real estate developer um, uh, Nate Paul from Austin. Um, And he has several uh, legal cases that are working through the courts, um, including uh, um, there was a uh, I guess you would call it a search or a raid by state and federal officials of his home and businesses. Um, And uh, Ken Paxton became involved in uh, that, uh, tried to help him with um, getting records um, that pertain to his business. Um, And in return, uh, the allegation is that uh, Paul was... um, donating money he donated i believe twenty five thousand dollars to ken paxton in 2018 and also helped employ a woman who allegedly was having an extramarital affair with ken paxton who of course is married to state senator angela paxton important to note of course paxton and paul have both denied wrongdoing they continue to deny wrongdoing but that is the allegation and it's important also to point out that it didn't come from you know, political enemies of Ken Paxton. It came from uh, eight of his top deputies in the attorney general's office. So if you are a politically elected person, you go into your agency and you hire, you know, the people that you like, the people that you know, that you trust to come in. And in this case, it turns out that those people are the people who made these allegations to authorities, including federal authorities that have now spawned um, an FBI investigation, which has now been taken over by the Department of Justice um, in Washington, D.C., and that is all playing out in real time. And so the whistleblower lawsuit is not about the substance of those allegations, but about how Kim Paxson responded to them, right? Correct. Yeah. And so it's important to note, you know, the investigation uh, was spawned by the whistleblower allegations. The federal investigation into Paxton has not yet uh, or has not, I don't, I don't want to say yet because that would be a presumption, but has not reached a level where there are any indictments charged against Paxton. He's not been charged of any um, of any crime. But the whistleblower lawsuit is because all eight of the whistleblowers um, or the former staffers, let's say, who reported his alleged crimes to authorities were either fired or resigned from the attorney general's office after those allegations were made. Some people have told uh, news outlets that they were pressured to resign. Other people just were fired. Um, So they're all gone. These four whistleblowers who are in the whistleblower lawsuit have said that they believe that they were fired as retaliation for making these claims to authorities, which they believe to be the right action to take. You know, if you believe your boss, who is a public employee, who's a state official, um, is involved in illegal activity, in this case, corruption, um, you don't want to be a part of that. And so they, in, in, in their minds, they saw something that was wrong. They reported it to the authorities. And because of their reporting to authorities, they say they were fired by the attorney general's office and and Ken Paxton. All right. And so the and basically Paxton does not have the authority to make this payout by himself. Is that right? 
Correct. So uh, this this has been a confusing question, and this is why it's I, you know it's it's good to like talk this thing out because yeah. I think people generally the reaction that I've seen online and to to the stories that uh, have been written about this is like, well, why would taxpayers have to pay these three point three million dollars um, to essentially bail out Paxton uh, from this case? That's the reaction we've seen. Sure. Uh, in reality, it's a little a little bit more complicated than that, but it's understandable why people would have the reaction, right? If you believe, and again, he's presumed innocent. Um, There hasn't been any charges filed, but he wants to settle the case. And so um, I think for the public, you know, if they're hearing what the whistleblowers are saying and saying, man, it sounds like this guy did something really, really bad. I think it's logical for the public to say, why would, I, as a taxpayer, have to pay for him to settle this lawsuit so that he gets out of uh, hot water. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other pieces to this, uh, which is that there's a financial question here in terms of how much the state will have to pay, um, and which I think boils down to the state can pay now or perhaps the state can pay later, and perhaps the state will have to pay more. And then there's also the question of what happens to the Texas Whistleblower Act, which is the protection for public employees who believe that um, uh, another public employee or state agency or their boss is um, committing a crime and they are protected right now under the Whistleblower Act. And the, the former staffers, lawyers have said, if you do not agree to this settlement, you can be eroding the Texas whistleblower lawsuit. But to your question, any legal uh, payment or fee over two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars from the attorney general's office has to be approved by the legislature. Um, that's part of just how this works in state law, um, and 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 this is a normal process. Um, you know, in our story that we wrote about it, we talked about how there's been like a two million dollar in the last miscellaneous claims bill, which is the bill which has the payments for these legal fees. There was like a two million dollar uh payment for defense in an abortion case which the state lost um there was 10 million dollars for a foster care lawsuit um this year in the miscellaneous claims bill they're they're looking at six million dollars for defense of the voter id bill so if you look at the 3.3 million dollars of this settlement it's not outside the range of the kinds of payments that go into this kind of bill um it's not even on the high end, really, um, if you look at comparison, uh, but it does need the legislative approval. And I think that's where it gets tricky here because the public is is so upset about it. And also because, you know, frankly, you know, uh, as we wrote in our story, you know, Paxton isn't the most popular, even among Republican lawmakers who see him as dead weight sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you say the actual line item isn't that big. Of course, you could also make the argument that the many of those uh fees including defending the voter uh the voting bill the abortion laws lawsuits various things like that are protecting you know the state from litigation that was brought against you know laws that the legislature passed that a democratically elected legislator passed this is of course to defend the you know behavior of the head of that office as well you know, you could say that those are two slightly different things. But of course, Ken Paxton agreed to do this, um, uh, you know, agreed to this settlement. It, he, did, you know, has it, it was not a uh, 
admission of that the allegations against him were wrong but why would he you know why would he agree to pay this large amount of money uh you know if he hadn't done anything wrong what's the what's the explanation he's giving there well i think a lawyer would say that uh you know people settle <laughs> settle <laughs> settle lawsuits for various different reasons right sure. what, what ken paxton has said is that he wants this cloud uh, that's been hanging over his head for 30 months nearly to be done with. He want, In his announcement of the settlement, um, which the attorney general's office announced, um, they said, you know, we don't want these distractions as I enter my third term. He was just reelected to another four-year term in November. Um, he doesn't want it as a distraction. And actually, one of the things he said is like, we don't want to waste any more taxpayer money. We want to save taxpayer money uh, by doing this. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into this, but the the reason in being that like, if this settlement doesn't get paid, um, then the lawsuit continues Mm -hmm. and could cost the state more than the $3.3 million. And you're talking about, which I think is also important to point out, you're talking about like, why would Ken Paxton pay this? And this is an important note. Ken Paxton isn't paying this. Um, he's not going to um, his bank um, and taking out $3.3 million. The state is paying $3.3 million. Right. And we can get into the ins and outs of why that is. Right. Okay. So uh, let's let's pause on that because I do want to get back to that. But I, w- I want to ask one other question before we 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 break and get into this legislative debate on this, which is why is the whistleblower act important? Why is that something that Texas has passed? What is the purpose of it as opposed from just giving people an avenue to get money from the state? Right. Uh, So the Texas Whistleblower Act, I think, was passed in 1983. The intent was to protect public employees who saw um, a potential crime happening in their state agency from being fired if they report it. Because you can imagine a scenario where, let's say it wouldn't be as simple as this, but just 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 for the examples case, you know, someone is taking ten thousand dollars out of the state treasury or something. Right. Mm -hmm. An employee sees that. And then uh, they reported to HR, they report to someone within the agency, uh, or they report it, tried to report it to a DA or someone, right? And then the employer says, well, you've got it all wrong. And potentially the person who's taking the $10,000 says, you got it all wrong. You, you did this on your own. You didn't follow protocol. You're fired. And then you potentially are rid of the problem. Um, because you start discrediting this person, right? Um, and say they're a disgruntled employee. So what the whistleblower act was meant to do was to, if you saw something like that happening, you saw some type of illegal act happening in a public agency, you could report that crime to authorities that you believed was a crime and you wouldn't be uh, it would be illegal for the agency to then retaliate against you. The idea being, okay, let's just have clear air, open air for people if they think that a crime is being committed to be able to um, report the crime without fear of retribution. Yeah, right. Okay. All right, let's pause for a minute and hear from our sponsors. The University of Texas at Arlington 
UT Arlington's commitment to excellence keeps Texas strong with highly skilled graduates for the Texas workforce and life-changing research. Find out more at uta.edu. And Texas 2036, building long-term data-driven strategies to secure Texas's prosperity through our bicentennial and beyond. More at texas2036.org. Okay, so James, so now this is before the legislature or will would go before the legislature if if the settlement is finalized. Who is saying they don't want to pay this? It's some pretty big uh, names. House Speaker Dane Phelan, uh, of course, has said that he doesn't think it's a good use of public money. Uh, other uh, powerful state lawmakers, including uh, Jeff Leach, uh, a Republican representative from uh, North Texas, who leads the House uh, Civil Judiciary and Jurisprudence Committee, so things dealing with courts, uh, brought up that he was troubled that taxpayer money would be used. These folks haven't said anything, but they're the budget writers, and it's not in their budgets. Uh, That's Representative Greg Bonin, another Republican from Friendswood, and Senator Joan Huffman, a Republican from Houston, you'll notice that it's Republicans and Ken Paxton is a Republican. And so it's not just a a partisan attack on Paxton. It's both parties that don't necessarily have an appetite for doing this. Yeah. So what happens then if they don't approve it? What happens if they don't approve it, I think is still an open question. Um, There's been a couple of wrinkles since the legislature's um, you know, lack of appetite for doing this. Uh, because I think that, you know, both parties in the case, Paxton and the former staffers, were really hoping that the legislature would approve this and everybody would be done with this. The former staffers would get, um, you know, uh, their fees paid for them for back pay, as well as, you know, their 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 records essentially would be wiped clean, their reputation would be clean and put back intact after the attacks from Paxton. And so I think all sides thought that this was going to get done. But it now appears that the legislature doesn't want to do that. And so Paxton's office, according to the former staffers, is making this sort of strange claim that this can just be uh, a case that's suspended in sort of perpetuity. Uh, because if they don't approve it by the end of this legislative session, then Paxton, according to the former staffers, Paxton's office is representing that, well, we'll just wait till they come back in 2025. And if they don't approve it, then then we'll just wait till t- 2027 and so on and so on and so on. Of course, the former staffers lawyers say, no way, like we are trying to get this done as quickly as possible, a.k.a. this legis- the end of this legislative session. So we want to get this done by May. Um, And so they've asked the Supreme Court to, you know, retake up the case, which they had put on pause to try to get the settlement. Um, So that's one option (laughs) that the Supreme Court hears this appeal from Paxton and they go, you know, they make their decision and who knows what their decision will be. They could side with Paxton or they could send it back down to district court. Um, But I mean, in, you know, in the worst case scenario, I guess, for uh, a taxpayer, it gets sent back down to uh, the district court and this thing plays out. And that will take, I think, maybe it could take a couple of years. And in that time, 
Paxton will have to pay for his defense um, and will have to hire outside lawyers who will be more expensive than just the attorney general's office defending him because there's obviously a conflict there. Um, and so what could happen is that the bills, you know, stack up and that whatever the root resolution is, which uh, could be in favor of the whistleblowers or could go against the whistleblowers, but whatever the case may be, the bill may be higher than $3.3 million. um, And the legislature still has to approve that. And so we could be in a situation where let's say in two years in 2025, we're right back here. The case has been resolved one way or another and state taxpayers will have to pay more than $3.3 million Either way, whether the whistleblowers win or whether Paxton wins, it's just going to be a more expensive tab. So it gets into this tricky area of where we could potentially be be paying more for this either way. And then on the other hand, so that's the financial question. And then on the other hand, it's like, okay, well, what are we doing to the whistleblowers? Because right now the settlement is pretty good for the former staffers. They get back pay. Their reputations are put back intact. Um, you know, for one of them who's a law enforcement officer, he gets to clear his F5 so that there's no red flag on him saying that he was fired um, and he can go back to work. So they have a pretty good deal right now. If the legislature says, no, we don't want the settlement, um, you know, what does that say to whistleblowers? And and the loss and the, the lawyers for those former staffers have said, basically, if you don't if you don't agree to the settlement, you're turning your back on whistleblowers. So there's two things to balance here. And it's very easy to have that knee jerk reaction of like, we don't want to pay for Paxton's alleged misdeeds, but it's not quite that simple. There's a bunch of other things going on here. Can Paxton not just pay out of his campaign funds? <laughs> That's what everyone is asking. That's what everyone is asking. And it, they asked that question uh, Representative Jarvis Johnson, Democrat from Houston, asked that question directly to Ken Paxton. His lawyer, as any good lawyer would, jumped in and said, uh, well, not his lawyer, the attorney general's office's lawyer, jumped in and said, uh, you know, I don't want to really get into that. But basically, there's never been a payout in a whistleblower case that an individual has paid out. Because in a whistleblower case, in the Texas Whistleblower Act, you're suing a state government agency. You're suing the agency, not an individual person. Um, so if someone was suing me as a boss, like they would be suing, you know, James Berrigan Incorporated, not James Berrigan, the person. Um, and, and this is weirdly where the public, of course, is like, we don't want taxpayer money used to like, uh, quote unquote, bail out Paxton, which is a, a, uh, an understandable reaction. But yeah. under the whistleblower law in Texas, both parties in the case agree that there really is no way for Paxton to individually pay. In, the, in other words, it's always going to be the state paying because they're suing the attorney general's office, not Ken Paxton as a person. And so the state will always pay for the attorney general's office. And I think one of the whistleblowers lawyers has said, like, that's just the way the law works, like it or not, you know, like it or not, that's how the law works. That They both agree that there's no way that Ken Paxton pays individually out of his own pocket. And I think some people have thrown out the idea of like, you know, well, if if Ken Paxton agrees in a settlement that he'll pay for the thing that, you know, then we could do this. But 
also like just think about it logically like if you there's nothing in the settlement that says he is guilty there's no admission of guilt right he just wants to settle the case so if you believe that you are innocent why would you go to your bank and say i'll pay 3.3 million dollars i'll just give it to and, and there's it's not even clear to me if there's an actual avenue for that to happen so this is just even like a an extended hypothetical like it's not i don't think that there actually is uh, people are saying like this is what he should do but i'm just saying like logically if you believe that you're innocent would you go get 3.3 million dollars out of your bank account and pay the state so that they can pay the whistleblowers if you believe you're innocent so there's all kinds of like difficult questions going on here but i think at the heart of this thing is like do you want to pay now or do you want to pay later and potentially pay more and then also what happens to the integrity of the whistleblower act moving forward here well it's, it's just an interesting kind of situation where it was the legislature that created the whistleblower act created this avenue and for people to kind of get recourse if they are if they are fired in this way and now it's the legislature unhappy about having to to pay it of course different legislatures different people um, we're talking about a, a bill from the from the 80s um, and, and people now um, maybe maybe Tom Craddock voted for it, but he would probably be the only one. Um, but I mean, ultimately, James, isn't what's happening here is that there are Republican officials who are frustrated that Pen Ken Paxton has gotten into this mess. And this is their way of expressing that frustration as opposed to doing it during campaign season or other times where they other consequences might have come from this? That's absolutely the case. That's absolutely the case. And in our story, we had a law professor basically saying like, this is the most politically charged whistleblower case I've seen in a very, very long time. And so when you get to the question of like, why is this such a big deal? One, it, it is a $3.3 million settlement, right? But as we've discussed previously, like 3.3 million in, in the scope of like the kinds of payouts that are made in this bill, it's not that big of a sum. What really is going on here is the politics of it. And Ken Paxton is just a lightning rod for controversy and for political opposition. So you have this sort of perfect storm where like Democrats certainly don't like what Ken Paxton is doing. He's a very, uh, um, a very uh, social conservative Republican. Um, but then Republicans don't necessarily want to be perceived as being uh, bailing him out. And mm -hmm. so it's this weird thing where like the public is saying like, well, we don't want this to happen. And so lawmakers are reacting to the public and saying like, well, we don't want this to happen either. And I think truly, you know, there's probably some Republicans who also maybe want to see this play out some more um, and want to see like what happens with the case, see if the whistleblowers have any more information. Um, my, my guess is that if they have more information, they've already shared that with authorities who've been investigating this for nearly 30 months. But, you know, it could be lawmakers just wanting to put the squeeze on. Last so, question. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, last question. Where are we with the various criminal cases? There is, of course, the FBI investigation that we mentioned earlier, and he remains under felony indictment on state charges completely unrelated on, on securities fraud. Any sign that either of those are, you know, moving forward or getting closer to resolution? Uh, no, I think we're still pending on the securities fraud case, uh, trying to sort out some procedural stuff on that. And I think still pending on the professional misconduct case 
Um, so you can see his incentive to get rid of at least one of these cases. He's got multiple legal entanglements. And so even more incentive for him to get rid of one of them. Indeed. All right. Well, we will continue to watch this play out. Thank you, James, for joining us and walking us through this complicated issue. Thank you to our producer, Justin, and thank you to our sponsors, Texas State Technical College, the Texas Cattle Feeders Association, the University of Texas at Arlington, and Texas 2036. We'll talk to you soon. The Tribune's Festival for Big Bold Ideas is happening this fall, September 21st through the 23rd in downtown Austin. Get ready to rub elbows with people you know and others you should. Find out more at festival.texastribune.org.